Hi, welcome to Improbable Walks, a podcast that brings you to the streets of Paris wherever you are. My name is Lisa Passold, and I'm a writer and traveler who loves to walk in the City of Light. Every episode, we stroll down a different block of the city, exploring Parisian history, people, stories, and architecture. Today, we're walking down the Rue de l'Odéon in central Paris. This short street runs from the Luxembourg Gardens to the Boulevard Saint-Germain. I love these few blocks for their ambiance. I'm convinced that several very literary Parisian ghosts hang out here, smoking below the pillars of the Théâtre de l'Europe. Let's start here, near the Jardin de Luxembourg. The theatre, once called the Théâtre de l'Odéon, was built in 1779. And in my opinion, it's just the perfect size for a performance space, elegant and just intimate enough. I've seen some really good shows here and some really disappointing ones, too. I'm looking at you, Robert Wilson, and that mess you and Lou Reed made of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. But that's the risk with live performance. Sometimes it's amazing. You know, what's more reliable is books. And Rue de l'Odéon is extremely well known for its literary history. If we stroll away from the theater, down the slight hill in the direction of the Seine, we can imagine walking into an incredible literary moment in the early 20th century. When this block of Rue de l'Odéon was the heart of the city for up-and-coming writers. In the 1920s, we would be on our way to visit the bookshop of Adrienne Manier. Number seven was her bookshop, La Maison des Amis des Livres, the house of the friends of books. And Adrian's shop was famous for its readings, which drew both French and English-speaking literary types. In fact, this is where the surrealist writers André Breton and Louis Aragon first met. New Yorker columnist Janet Flanner described Adrian as mildly spectacular, buxom as a handsome abbess, Adrian was a placidly eccentric neighborhood figure in a costume she had invented for herself, consisting of a full long gray skirt and a sleeveless velveteen waistcoat worn over a white blouse. Adrienne ran her bookshop here and lived upstairs a few doors down, making Rue de l'Odéon her kingdom. Back in the 1920s, after chatting with Adrienne and maybe buying some new French modernist works, we could wave goodbye and jaywalk diagonally across the bustling Rue de l'Odéon to pop into Shakespeare and Company. The shop was at number 12. Of course, many of you know and love Shakespeare and Company in Paris today. The bookshop that now exists is actually the third incarnation of the store. This current one was created by the wonderful, eccentric, generous George Whitman, and it's now owned and operated by his amazing daughter. Now, George Whitman named his daughter after the original founder of Shakespeare and Company, Sylvia Beach. American Sylvia Beach came over to Paris to work for the Red Cross during World War I in 1917. 
After the war ended, Sylvia was inspired to open her bookshop here because she had met and fallen in love with Adrienne Manier. The two women met when Sylvia wandered into the Maison des Amis des Livres, browsing for new French novels. Sylvia opened her first Shakespeare and Company as an English-language bookshop around the corner from Adrienne's. It was a truly tiny space. And soon afterwards, this beautiful shopfront at number 12 became available here on Rue de l'Odéon, so Sylvia moved here. This is New York writer Janet Flanner again, describing the street and Sylvia. The hearth and home of the left-bank American literary colony turned out to be Shakespeare and Company, with Sylvia thin as a schoolgirl dressed like one in a juvenile short skirt and jacket over a white blouse with a big white turn-down collar. Janet Flanner knew everyone, and she often stopped in to see her friends, the booksellers of Rue de l'Odéon, while she was walking en route to have tea with the writer Gertrude Stein and Alice B. Toklas. Toklas and Stein lived nearby. American writer Gertrude Stein was very supportive to younger writers, and she was also very supportive to Sylvia Beach. In fact, Stein was one of the first Shakespeare and Company subscribers. She would often walk her big white poodle basket over to the store to see how Sylvia was doing. In 1922, Gertrude Stein befriended a young writer named Ernest Hemingway, who had recently arrived in Paris with his wife Hadley. Hemingway was correspondent for the Toronto Star, and when he got to Paris, the bookshops on the Rue de l'Odéon became his home away from home. Despite Hemingway's uber-macho reputation, I find it interesting that his best friends through the years were always very intelligent women. It was Adrienne Manier who first translated his work into French, and Sylvia called Ernest her very best customer. In return, Hemingway wrote of her, No one that I ever knew was nicer to me. Sylvia Beach and Adrienne Manier often invited starving writers up for dinner. Adrienne's family lived out in the countryside, and Adrienne was a very good cook, using all kinds of healthy ingredients she brought home from her family's farm. Over one memorable but unfortunate meal featuring roast chicken, Sylvia and Adrian tried to introduce F. Scott Fitzgerald, author of The Great Gatsby, to James Joyce, author of Ulysses. But poor Scott was too terrified to speak to Joyce and drank himself into a stupor. Sylvia was a great supporter of James Joyce, and while there's no plaque dedicated to her bookshop on Rue de l'Odéon, there is a plaque marking the fact that she published James Joyce's very radical novel, Ulysses, in the shop here. Sylvia bankrupted herself publishing the work, and when the book was ready, delivering Ulysses to American buyers was very tricky because the book was banned in the U.S., Sylvia convinced Ernest Hemingway to ask one of his Canadian friends to smuggle it across the border, because the book wasn't banned in Canada. So a shipment of books for American subscribers was sent to Canada, and Hemingway's friend traveled from Toronto repeatedly with a copy of Ulysses stuffed down his pants.
Sylvia Beach later wrote, If Joyce had foreseen all these difficulties, maybe he would have written a smaller book. During World War II, Shakespeare and company disappeared overnight. It was 1941. A Nazi general wanted to buy Sylvia's last copy of Ulysses, and she refused. That night, knowing she had risked her livelihood, if not her neck, Sylvia and her friends closed the shop and moved all the books. But Sylvia continued to live on Rue de l'Odéon with Adrian, who kept the Maison des Amis des Livres open. They both survived the war. In fact, famously, Hemingway came to personally liberate this street in 1944 because he wanted to make sure that Adrian and Sylvia were all right after all the horrors of war. In 1955, Adrian became increasingly ill from Meniere's disease and killed herself. Sylvia stayed on in Paris until her own death in the 60s, so she was alive to see George Whitman set up his version of Shakespeare and Company facing Notre Dame. I'm really glad she knew that the tradition was being carried forward. Rue de l'Odéon also has two more literary details. One is that the famous revolutionary journalist Camille Desmoulins lived here at number 22, I tend to remember Desmoulins because he was sent to the guillotine alongside Danton, both of them rather severely let down by their erstwhile friend, Robespierre. A writer and pamphleteer, Desmoulins suffered from a severe stutter, yet he gave brilliant, rabble-rousing speeches. Experts say the Paris mob might never have stormed the Bastille without Desmoulins' fiery encouragement. And speaking of revolutionary writers, also on this street, practically next door to Sylvia Beach's Shakespeare and Company location, there is a plaque dedicated to Thomas Paine, the extraordinary author and politico who lived here. Paine, whose writers were instrumental in both the American and the French Revolution, was the author of The Rights of Man. The plaque here on Rue de l'Odéon wonderfully lists him as... English by birth, American by adoption, and French by decree. As we head down towards the end of Rue de l'Odéon at the Boulevard Saint-Germain, there are a slew of café options, great for people watching, especially in the early evening. With a bit of searching, you'll be able to nab a seat at one of these establishments, and I always try to order a glass of the house red in honor of Adrienne Meunier's famous country-style dinners for starving writers just up the street. If you arrive in the afternoon, of course, you're within easy walking distance not only of the current Shakespeare and Company facing Notre Dame, just past Boulevard Saint-Michel, but also mere blocks from two fantastic Canadian-owned bookshops. Near the Rue de l'Odéon, first of all, there's the second-hand bookshop, The Abbey, in the Rue de la Parcheminerie, run by former Torontonian Brian Spence. And if you poodle back up the Rue de l'Odéon, facing the Luxembourg Garden, is the wonderful generalist bookshop, The Red Wheelbarrow, run by Penelope Fletcher, who grew up on the islands in British Columbia. Pen Penelope has a near-psychic ability to know what you should read next. I always trust her recommendations. 
Now, I'm recording this in November 2020, when Paris bookshops are having a hard time with pandemic closures and loss of visitors. So if you can't drop by in person, visit them online. I have all the links on my website in the podcast section. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Coming up next month as a celebratory treat for the holidays, I'm inviting my friend Heather Stimler for an improbable walk. We're going to talk about one of her favorite streets. Many of you will know Heather from her website and newsletter, Secrets of Paris, which she started back in 1999. I love chatting with Heather about Paris. We've worked together on a bunch of projects. We've gone to countless great art shows together and talked about books over many glasses of wine here in the Rue de l'Odéon. So tune in next month to find out about Heather's favorite market street. If you've enjoyed this improbable walk, please subscribe to the podcast. For details about today's walk and those websites of bookshops that I mentioned earlier, please visit my website, lisapassold.com. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, we go strolling through Paris together.